is up everyone it is landry here with another episode of cheeseheads weekly it is episode 52 january 16 episode of the show and i am celebrating it is victory monday here in packer land as the packers defeated the dallas cowboys in dallas 48 to 32 jordan love put on the show the packers put on a show all around great game for the packers amazing game for jordan love and the offense they absolutely lit it up out there and we're going to get into it here real shortly and break it all down but before we do that be sure you uh check out the q a's and the polls they're on spotify um there's also a link in the description to send in a voice message send in a question anything you want to ask me um hey we, we're coming up a uh, big 49ers match up here in the divisional round uh be sure to send in those questions um because uh it'll be fun to answer and uh also be sure to follow me um on different social media platforms especially on instagram at cheeseheads underscore weekly i go live at some point um before the game happens to give my keys for the Packers to win. In the past, I've done bold predictions. Now that it's playoff time, we're going to get serious. We're going to lock in just like the Packers have done. And uh, we're going to give our keys for the Packers to win the game. I will go over what I said um, in my last Instagram live session. And I also have the reel just uh, posted up there on Instagram as well on my profile. Again, at cheeseheads underscore weekly. So you can check that out and uh listen to that go back and listen to that and then you know watch the highlights listen to this episode and uh see what the packers did right to absolutely crush the cowboys um uh, also um while you're at it, as a side note uh, be sure to check out uh, Stephen A after the game uh he did his signature laugh at the cowboys whenever they lose and uh this was uh an even special one and i mean you may as well just watch first take today as well because i'm sure he'll be on there gashing the cowboys just like he loves to do also uh, the show is available about everywhere you get your podcast except for amazon music new episodes will come out every tuesday the show is also available on youtube in now a video format uh so be sure to check that out and uh, you can hit the bell icon on Spotify and YouTube to uh, get notified when a new episode comes out um, on either of those platforms. Uh, also, be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube, follow the show wherever you get your podcasts, and rate the show. That's great for the popularity of the show, gets it out to more people, uh, so no, more people can see it. That's fantastic. Uh, so be sure to do that. And uh, you can rate and review on Apple Podcasts right on Spotify. Um, tell your friends about the show, and also you can check out the website, greatcove.net slash cheeseheads. All right, let's get right into it. You know what we love to do. We're going to start with my man, Jordan Love. This guy uh, just just got done having his best performance of the season. He went 16 for 21. 272 yards, three touchdowns, a passer rating of 157.2. 
no interceptions, by the way. Did not take a sack. Had a completion percentage of 76.2. What better can you ask for? And he would have had a, um, a perfect passer rating if not for a drop pass by Tucker Craft right at the end of the game when Jordan Love came back into the game. Uh, Believe it or not, Packers took out their backups. Uh, We're playing the Cowboys here. The Packers uh, uh, took out their backup. They put in their backups, took out the starters. Uh, Wow, what a joke. The Cowboys cannot play in the playoffs. They looked off all game long. I don't understand what happened, to be honest. And, uh, it just was not working for them. But in the end, Dak Prescott ended up throwing 60 times uh, for 40 or 403 uh, yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. One was a pick six, was sacked four times. Um, QB rating, or sorry, passer rating of 89.8. Incredible performance, not by Dak. Uh, Jordan Love, I mean, the numbers look, I mean, not high volume, but he was amazingly efficient. His average was 13 yards per attempt. That is amazing. Aaron Jones had his fourth straight 100-yard game, 21 for 118, 5.6 average, three touchdowns, along of 27 yards. Uh, Again, he provided that spark, and uh, we talked about it in my keys of the game. One of them was to give Aaron Jones the ball, establish that run game, and not um, not let it go. And you know, twenty over twenty carries. I, I've heard I had heard um, from other guys that that's probably a good benchmark. Um, that seemed right, uh, if you ask me. And uh, he got twenty one carries, one eighteen yards. Fantastic day for Aaron Jones. Emmanuel Wilson also got eight carries for twenty yards, only two point five carry. Patrick Taylor, three for six, two yards to carry. I mean, Aaron Jones is different, man, and it shows. Um, he is electric, bouncing off tacklers. <laughs> just, He's got so much energy out there, so much fun to watch. He is so bouncy. He is like like a now, now you see me, now you don't type, type running back. Um, bouncing around tough runner i mean you don't want to bring him down he he is a punishing runner as well and uh aaron jones can't say enough good things about him you've heard me talk about him before um and i think he's all but solidified his spot on the packers roster next year in fact i think the packers as good as jones has been for them he'll be back um until he retires i don't think he wants to go anywhere else i don't think the packers want him to go anywhere else i think he'll be here until he's ready to quit playing football, and that is just amazing. Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones, man, he's having, um, not statistically, but his best season, If you, especially if you go start from after he came back from injury. Uh, he's getting healthy at the right time, and hopefully he can stay healthy, um, as, as well as the rest of these players. Not a whole lot of injuries coming out of the game. I did hear of one, Kingsley Enigbari. Uh, their rotational outside linebacker who has been playing at a pretty high level, pretty good all-around player, plays the run well, um, pretty good pass rusher. Uh, not a whole lot of production or sacks or anything, just a quiet, um, you know, solid rotational piece, like I said. Uh, he is feared to have a torn ACL, and that will mean that will end this season in 
probably part of next year as well. And that is rough for such a young player that is growing and uh, continuing to get better here. Second-year player is Kingsley Anigbari. And a big loss for the Packers, for sure, um, especially looking at that uh, linebacker, outside linebacker, um, edge rusher depth. And uh, look to Lucas Van Ness. Um, look for him out on the field. You'll probably see him out there more, uh, taking more slaps there at the edge rusher position. Big day for Romeo Dobbs. I talked about being almost a little bit disappointed with him. Uh, he must have been listening because, wow, he went off today. Six receptions on six targets, caught them all. 151 yards, one touchdown, along a 46. Explosive play after explosive play. Uh, Romeo Dobbs it was electric. And, uh, He's always been, he's started every single game this year, not been injured. Um, Well, he was injured last game, but uh, able to get off the injury report, get back in there, and just completely go out. Uh, The locker room uh, has a lot of respect for him. Um, Matt LaFleur talked about him just being locked in all week, um, ready to go, and he was quiet, his own quiet self, when he was interviewed one-on-one with uh, Larry McCarron after the game. Um, Just humble as ever and uh, ready to get to the next week. Um, He says Packers have more in the tank, and uh, I believe they do. Uh, Packers play like this. They can get to the Super Bowl. Okay, and they have to play like this, and likely they have to play better in the second half. But the thing is, they didn't have to play good in the second half. They they won this game in the first half, and then the offense kept going. I mean, they put in the backups probably a little too early, but they put them in early all right uh, because Packers just rolling over this Cowboys defense. Did allow 32 points, allowed a good many in the second half. They were playing a lot of off coverage. Um, they did have their backups in for some of that time, and then they were playing a lot of, a lot of you know, prevent-type defense. Um, so letting, letting plays be made, and, I mean, receivers were getting by them. Uh, so it was not great in the second half and definitely allowed, allowed some big plays, but it didn't matter. I mean, Packers were so far out ahead. 48 points, man. Craziness. Um, if I can just... Yeah, they tied a franchise record for points scored in a playoff game. Um, that tied the mark set by the Packers during a 48-21 win over the Falcons in the NFC Divisional round during the 2010 season. That was their Super Bowl run uh, with Aaron Rodgers, his only Super Bowl win. And they were underdogs that year, too, when they went all the way. So uh, a lot of similarities between these two games. Jordan Love threw three touchdown passes and had a passer rating of 157.2. Rodgers had three touchdown passes in that game and with a passer rating of 136.8. Jordan Love was obviously better. Uh, Darnell Savage had a 65-yard pick six. Jermon Williams had a 70-yard pick six in that game as well. Um, Also, both of those were late in the first half. 
The Packers intercepted Dak Prescott twice, leading to two touchdowns, and the Packers intercepted Matt Ryan twice, leading to two touchdowns back in 2010 in Atlanta. The Packers scored touchdowns on five straight possessions to open up a 48-16 lead on Sunday. Um, and they also scored touchdowns on five straight possessions to open up a 42-49 lead in Atlanta. The Packers sacked Dak Prescott four times, and they sacked Matt Ryan four times in that game. Packers had three different players to catch a touchdown pass. Packers also had three different players to catch a touchdown pass in that game as well. Um, that was the fifth time that the Packers scored 40 or more points in a playoff game. They did it under Aaron Rodgers, once under Brett Favre, and once under Lynn Dickey. Um, little known quarterback for the Packers a long time ago. Um, crazy. Packers are balling. <laughs> they are breaking out at the right time. Not that they weren't great before, but um, we'll get into the players of the game, and I'll dive in a little farther um, here in a minute. Okay, let's just kind of go over my keys of the game and uh, what I what what I said to look for earlier, and um, what the Packers ended up doing. So. On offense, I said we needed Aaron Jones to get a lot of touches and to, you know, kind of take over this game and and to not abandon the run. Well, they didn't abandon the run. I already told you, read off his stats. Um, he was great. The offensive line blocked well. First two plays, he was stuffed. Uh, they ran first two plays. He was stuffed. Then Jordan Love had a big play to Romeo Dobbs, and they were off and running. Jordan Love, uh, Aaron Jones scored his first touchdown on that drive. Packers um, elected to receive the kick, um, trying to start fast. Boy, did they ever. Um, amazingly, the Packers did not kick a field goal. They scored 48 points, did not kick a field goal. Court could have scored 49, seven touchdowns they scored in this game. Could have, could have uh, scored 49 points if not for an Anders Carlson missed extra point. Um, that could turn into a problem it was not a factor in this game and I did talk about that as one of my keys of the game uh kind of the key players uh on on special teams honors Carlson um did miss that extra point had trouble kicking out of the end zone again I'm not sure he needs to really just kick it out of the end zone I'm not sure if this is on purpose or if this is him um a little bit confusing and something they really need to address just kick it out of the end zone we do not want any special teams blunders knocking us out of the playoffs because special teams still a little shaky they weren't perfect in this one they got it done even with the mixed extra point Daniel Whelan was pretty good pinned the Cowboys back inside their 10 three times in this one and um those three times had to be the only times they even punted I mean masterful performance here by Green Bay uh red zone they were fantastic i did not mention this when i went live on instagram but uh the red zone has been a problem and uh you don't want to rely on anders carlson to be kicking field goals and also although he is 20 20 for 20 um on shorter field goals i'm not sure what the exact range is 
but also, I mean, you just gotta you gotta score touchdowns against this Cowboys team. I mean, the defense did a great job early on. Uh, got an interception, two turnovers, interception from Jair Alexander, where he just kind of out muscled uh, Brandon Cooks, and then we had that pick six from Darnell Sadget. Darnell Savage. Um, tell you what, that kid has speed. Should have watched him run it. I mean, wide open field. No one, no one remotely close to him. But wow, he looked pretty quick. Uh, they scored in the red zone. It was all touchdowns, um, as you know. And uh, I'm not sure how many times they got into the red zone. Four for four, and they had a fifth score. Um, that was a 20 yard touchdown pass right at the edge of the red zone. So wow, red zone dominance in this game. And they created turnovers like we just talked about, and they won at the line of scrimmage. That was another thing I talked about, mainly for the defense, putting pressure on Dak Prescott. And honestly, that's what they didn't do as much. It was the offensive line that dominated the Cowboys' defensive line. Zach Tom, impressive, impressive performance from Zach Tom. Locked down Michael Parsons. Obviously, they probably... um, they probably, you know, gave him some help, and it wasn't all Zach Tom, but they kept – Michael Parsons wasn't a factor. I mean, no sacks. No sacks for anyone um, on Jordan Love, except I feel like I had seen a sack in the game, but I had heard he didn't have a sack. I guess they didn't register it as a sack because he was scrambling, trying to run. They just set it as a, a rush for minus one. So did not register as a sack. And – um that was right at the beginning of the game. Um, so, man, um, just just an impressive performance. And they just continue um, to dominate. And the line of scrimmage is a big part of it. And, I mean, this offensive line, we didn't expect to be near this good. And they continue uh, to, get, to get better, seemingly. And... Um, really impressed with this offensive line's performance defensive line i didn't like to see the lack of pressure but the coverage was so great downfield something we haven't always seen this year but the coverage was great jr alexander playing through that ankle did everything he could to get back on the field if you watch this post game uh short interview in the locker room there um it was pretty pretty serious interview he didn't he didn't uh, dive in too specifically to his big plays did have a nice little comment classic Jair at the end that guy is so much fun to watch um, and of course the interception was awesome as well no special teams meltdowns I already said it they did allow a 47 yard kickoff return which set up a uh, touchdown right before the half for the Cowboys um, but again Daniel Whelan uh, pinned the Cowboys inside the 10 three times and Turpin's other four kickoff returns averaged only 20 yards. They had a really nice, really nice tackle right around the 10 um, that we'd love to see more of. Lots of explosive plays. Jordan Love overall was just efficient. He did everything he needed to do and more, and uh, Aaron Jones did the rest. It was a well-balanced offense, great performance overall, and They actually did end up running the ball uh, more than they threw it, mainly because they just got out to a lead, had the backups in, and were running the ball and punting. Um, And so they did. It became a 16-point game, and they did have to put Jordan Love in, who threw an incomplete pass 
and that uh, ripped him off of his perfect passer rating. But you know what? The stats don't matter. We all we all saw um, just how good he was. I didn't see anything wrong with him. I'll be honest. I only watched the first half. We had church, so uh, could not watch the whole game. Watched the first half. He was dominating. I mean, this guy is extremely accurate off his back foot. You just watch his throws. He he goes up there. He's hard count. And uh, you see some linebackers coming up. You know, they're going to blitz. Okay, okay. So he's like, can, 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 can. He's changing the play. And uh, we go to the next play. And he he gets it all. Everyone set, gets the, gets the snap off. And then he's just buying time. You know, he knows the play is going to work. He knows where he wants to go with the football. Has it all figured out. He's just buying time before the pressure gets there because it's a blitz. The pressure is going to get there um, most likely. Um, and he just he just kind of is fading away, buying time, buying time, and just phew, throws a throws a perfect rainbow pass to Dontavian Wicks. Um, that was his pass. Touchdown pass, first touchdown pass of the game, and uh, was right before the half. Or maybe not right, right before, but uh, be, towards the end of the first half. Impressive play from Jordan Love, and we saw this all game just throwing off his back foot. It's like uh, the guy throws better off, just as good off platform as on platform. Like incredible play, had amazing sidearm throw to Romeo Dobbs. Oh, that was so fun to watch. Just threaded that needle right in there, and. Uh, I mean, it, it wasn't his first read. Looked around, you know, the throws a little late, a uh, little late to Romeo. The play wasn't designed to Romeo, uh, like Romeo said after the game. But uh, Jordan Love, you know, did a good job of progressing through his reads. Found Romeo open there, um, just in the soft spot in the coverage, and threaded that needle right in. Wicked sidearm pass. Beautiful, beautiful play. And um, Luke Musgrave is back. Uh, three for fifty-six and a TD, I believe, was wide open. After after the game, um, he had to kind of come back and then make a turn up the field and race into the end zone quickly. Uh, after the game, Matt Lafleur in the locker room. Uh, Luke Musgrave stayed on his feet. Uh, team loved that one, and I mean he has had trouble stumbling. I've mentioned it on the show before. Uh, not that time. Luke Musgrave looked really good and wasn't on the field a whole lot. Um, they're still still being a little cautious with him, but he was great, you know, um, all the times he's been out there. And we're starting to see explosive plays to him now, too, uh, which is fantastic. Um, Packers did a good job, at least in the first half, limiting Dak Prescott and C.D. Lamb. They eventually racked up stats in the end, but it didn't really matter. Um, Packers had already run away with the game and pretty much won it. Um, so big time, by the way, that sidearm pass to Romeo Dobbs in the end zone was on fourth down, fourth and two in the red zone. Um, as they just kind of widened that margin. I mean, out of floor stayed aggressive, didn't get too safe at the end. Obviously maybe put in the backups a little too early. I mean, it doesn't really matter as long as you get the win and 48 points certainly, uh, isn't, isn't bad either. And uh, they consistently converted third downs, fourth downs. We're 7 of 11 on converting third or fourth down. And uh, Aaron Jones' first touchdown run was on third and two. Uh, Jordan Love hit Dontavian Wicks for 20-yard touchdown pass on third and seven. That's classic. That's becoming like signature Jordan Love, you know. 
uh, getting close to the end of the half, third and seven in the red zone, you know, just a few more yards to the end zone. Well, you know Jordan Love's just going to shoot for the end zone. <laughs> he just, I called it. I, that's pretty much what I said. I was like third and seven, but we're in the red zone. We're getting close to the end zone. He's just going to go for it all. He's going for the end zone. Sure enough, classic um, back back foot uh, throw as well. And Jordan Love, man, that guy is amazing. And uh, Matt LaFleur thought so too. He said uh, at first he pretty much had no words. Uh, he was like, wow, just wow. And then he got into it a little further and he's like, Jordan Love is a real dude. <laughs> um, great quote from Matt LaFleur. Uh, Jordan Love, he's a real dude. And uh, maybe at some point I will get into kind of um, some some rankings, um, quarterback rankings. I thought about doing it in this episode, but so many other things to talk about. I guess I will not do that, and I will get into my players of the game here. And I think that'll be pretty much it. We'll preview the 49ers game a little bit, but I haven't dived in. Uh, been thinking about that. You know, you gotta, you gotta celebrate this win. At least I do. I hope the Packers are locked in, you know, watching that tape, grinding that tape, because uh, it's a Saturday game, so they have one less day to prepare. And, uh, you know, coming back from Dallas and then going to San Francisco, uh, it's a little ways out there. So. The Packers definitely got some preparation to do. Uh, let's get to the players of the game. Number one, I always this always happens. For one thing, Jordan Love is always on the list every single week, and uh, maybe I should just put someone else on just for the sake of putting someone else on because um, I gush about him and talk about him all that I want to talk about him before we get to the players of the game. Then we get to the players of the game, and I'm just like, oh, well, Jordan Love, you already know about him. Number one player of the game. That's pretty much what I got to say here. Had his highest PFF grade of the season. I will mention that, 92.5. That is an elite grade. And Jordan Love was nearly perfect, dominated in almost every situation imaginable for a quarterback. Uh, I'm reading uh, from Packers Wire, uh, USA Today. Uh, Check that site out. I use it a lot. And uh, they give these PFF stats off. So I like to use it for my players of the game. Number two, Aaron Jones. These two guys have been like <laughs> have been on the same page lately. I mean, they are team players. These two have just been working together to kind of just make the wins happen. And uh Aaron Jones, you heard his stats already, and another just fantastic game. Four yard four runs over ten yards. Forced four missed tackles. Had a nice uh, stiff arm on a guy. Uh, I believe it was Marquise Bell. Just kind of stiff armed him over. I mean, Bell was able to pull him down. It just steamrolled him. Uh, Great play by Jones. And, uh, yeah, three touchdowns. Um, Was one more touchdown than his total on the season before that game. Uh, Or in the regular season, I guess. So... Aaron Jones, man, he is getting it done right now, and I uh, couldn't come at a better time. Uh, hopefully he can do it again here against San Francisco. Uh, number three, Romeo Dobbs. I talked about him as well. Impressive, impressive day. I talked about him. He's always been that safety blanket, always been on the field for Jordan Love, 
and always been kind of the guy like that loves go-to guy in critical situations like in the red zone um, on third down and on fourth down in the red zone today. Um, but he was creating explosive plays, something we haven't seen a ton from him. He was making a lot of contested catch, but catches um, earlier in the season, throughout the season, um, doing a lot of, you know, being a really physical player. But we got to see some of his explosiveness and uh, run after the catch ability and just speed. You know, he has some some sneaky speed. Uh, you know, you got Christian Watson and Jaden Reed out there. Um, but don't discount Romeo Dobbs. And he was uh, smoking people with some great route running and uh, just getting wide open for Jordan Love, taking a lot of pressure off him. Let's go to the defense. Number one, we got to go with Darnell Savage. He had that pick six, but uh, he didn't do um, too bad other than that. Otherwise, either uh, had only allowed only two completions into his coverage and did not have a missed tackle on five attempts. Number two, Jair Alexander. Um, by the way, Darnell Savage had an elite PFF grade as well, 92.1. Jair Alexander battled his way back uh, from an ankle injury, suffered in practice, rolled his ankle, um, pretty much uh, training, treatment, whatever, 24-7, except he didn't get the full seven <laughs> up until uh, the game. And lengthy workout session before the game was questionable coming into it, um, but he was able to go um, by... Uh, sheer power of will and had an interception that set up a touchdown gave him great field position allowed only two catches into his coverage as well made six tackles without a miss Jair Alexander man this guy's the real deal and when he is when he is here to play uh, you don't want to mess with him because because he's great and uh prediction on Jordan Love being the best quarterback in the league is actually coming Remarkably true, and I mean, Jair Alexander isn't known as a very serious-minded guy um, overall. But he's got confidence, he's got energy, and um, got swagger. And, uh, of course, he had to tell us again, Packers back, or Pack is back, whichever way you want to interpret, interpret it. Either way, they're back, and... Uh, in a big way. Number three on defense. Um, why not give another one to the secondary? Because the secondary was really what won them this game. And I'm going to give it to Keyshawn Nixon. Nixon has struggled some games this year. Not this time. He's an energetic guy too. And he brought it uh, here today. Had a team high of three stops. Had a third down sack um, included in there. That was a great play. Dak was rolling out. Um, uh, for one thing, he had all day. Then he rolled out, buying some more time. Uh, still couldn't find anything. Uh, Nixon comes up. Um, so he's either going to have to throw it away, or uh, he's probably not going to get around Nixon. And Nixon played it really well. Got in there and uh, sacked him. Uh, and the coverage was great downfield. Nowhere to go with the football. Great job uh, by the Packers' defense. Uh, coverage-wise, at least. Like I said, not a ton of pressure in this game. Hopefully we can get more of that. Um, Cowboys do have a really good offensive line, and uh, San Francisco, not quite as much. 
Um, so hopefully we can get some pressure on Brock Purdy in that game. But Keyshawn Nixon, man, uh, pretty good. Broke up a pass, forced two incompletions. Good game for Keyshawn Nixon. I already talked about Daniel Whelan, but great job there on special teams with the punting, as well as um, just the coverage was overall good, other than that one uh, 47-yard kick return. Um, don't like to see that, but, you know, Turpin um, is going to have one every now and then, and at least didn't come right at the beginning of the game. It like, had a really bad time, and, um, yeah, just didn't hurt him too bad, and they didn't allow a touchdown. That could have been, you know, momentum changing there. Uh, Anders Carlson went 6-7 for seven on extra points. I mean, that's a lot of extra points to kick in a game, so, you know, I almost get it. But he has missed a lot of extra points this year. Don't Don't like to see it. Hopefully he can just be perfect, completely erase all that, and uh, be ready to go uh, against the 49ers. Okay. That's about all I got for players of the game and uh, for really any other notes. Um, I mean, I could talk for a long time, man. But um, how about them Cowboys, man, as Rich Versace would say. Um, a lot of things happening with them. Do they fire Mike McCarthy? Uh, what do they do? I've talked about it before, uh, about the Cowboys before on the show. I guess I'll keep it going. Uh, I think Dak, I never really thought Dak was the answer for the Cowboys. Um, never been great in big situations. I never thought a whole lot of Mike McCarthy in big situations either. Clock management especially has not really been his thing. Obviously, clock management was not a factor in this game. Cowboys just did not really come to play. Uh, Packers did absolutely. Uh, Cowboys did not look like they looked like they were lacking energy. CD Lamb and Dak Prescott, the, the announcers talked about it numerous times in the first half as they failed. You know, ball placement was not good. Um, CD Lamb dropped a few, uh, went both ways, and that connection just was not working. Um, some strange, strange things were going on with that, with that Cowboys offense for sure. And, uh, Defense, I think they showed up to play for the most part. Maybe didn't bring the same energy, but I mean, if Jordan loves gashing you in the first half, what are you going to do in the second? You know, it's it's just it just kept going downhill. Um, once the ball started rolling, it uh, kept rolling, kept getting bigger, kind of like a snowball effect. You know what I'm saying? Huh? And uh, that's what Jordan Love and this Packers offense right now will do to you. Um, especially when the offense could shut down that pass rush. I mean, that was incredible. A really impressive performance there by the Packers' offensive line. So where do the Cowboys go from here? Jerry Jones is, you know, well-known, kind of an impulsive owner. Likes to control things, and like most owners do. And so will Mike McCarthy be fired? Should he be fired? Um, I will address the should he be fired first. I don't think so. When he took over as the play caller, I thought he did a great job calling the plays. I think he's a big reason why the offense has elevated. I mean, this is pretty much the same offense of last year with Kellen Moore, who we all are like, yeah, great offensive coordinator. Dak is an MVP candidate this year, and I think that's a large part due to the fact that Mike McCarthy uh, called has called great games. This one was not one of them. I'm not sure what was wrong, um, but Mike McCarthy's play calling was better than I expected it to be. Uh, tell you that much um so we'll get i don't think mike mccarthy um should be fired 
maybe not great in the playoffs. I think that has a lot to do with maybe Dak as well. Dak just looked uncomfortable, rattled from the beginning, and he didn't even have that much pressure in his face. Uh, just to not look in control at all. So, as far as Mike McCarthy, I think he should stay. Uh, I don't think the Cowboys will get too far with Dak Prescott, but now they're kind of tied up with, you know, the contract. Um, will they fire Mike McCarthy? Uh, I think that's a very real possibility. Um, it seems really kind of dumb to fire a coach that did so well um, with this offense and, um, and you know, got him to the playoffs, got him to the number two seed in the playoffs, and then just say, all right, you're done, and just fire him. I don't think that's really the right move either. So we'll see what happens. Um, I don't think they should fire him, but I think it's pretty possible they will. A lot of people think they will. I'm not totally sure they will, but, you know, Jerry Jones is certainly capable of it, and it's hard to tell what he's going to do. So I think that's it's about 50-50 whether he will be fired. I don't think he should be. And uh, do I think the Cowboys will be any real contenders anytime soon? Not really. Um, as long as Dak is there, I don't really think so. And maybe McCarthy has something to do with that as well. Um, but I think the main, my main reasoning is just that Mike McCarthy did a good job during the regular season at least, and I don't think you're going to find a much better coach out there unless you can somehow get Jim Harbaugh. Um, and we already have multiple teams uh, vying for him as well. So, um, I think you should keep him because I think he's one of the uh, better um, out of out of 32 coaches in the league. I think he's in the top half. So that's kind of what you're up against, and I just don't think you can find anyone better. And so I think you got to stick with him and uh, hope something changes. But I'm not really sure that, um, anything will. But uh, yeah, Aaron Jones ends the Cowboys. Uh, Aaron Rodgers did own the Bears, and now that ownership has been transferred to Jordan Love. And, I mean, Jordan Love seems to be owning about every team he's played lately. And uh, I'm looking forward to this San Francisco matchup, especially because uh, Rodgers has struggled in the past few years. Uh, the 49ers have just been the main issue, uh, the main problem for why the Packers have been knocked out of the playoffs early. Um, the last few years they've been in here with Aaron Rodgers. So definitely could be interesting to see, you know, Jordan Love lights it up and Packers somehow just shock the world again and win this game. Um, people are going to be like, wow, this Jordan Love guy's for real. Aaron Rodgers couldn't beat the 49ers. Um, so, um, I'm excited. I have full confidence in Jordan Love and, uh, my eye will be on the defense because I've said it in the past, uh, the 49ers look unstoppable. I have come to see some of their weaknesses. Um, we did see a four interception game from the, uh, from Brock Purdy against the Ravens. Ravens have a great defense though. And, but if the Packers, you know, they got Valentine and Alexander and Nixon out there all playing with that energy and confidence, maybe they can come out there and make some plays again. And, uh, so I guess we'll kind of see what happens in this game, but it is set now for Saturday, 8.15 Eastern, 7.15 Central. Uh, we'll be on Fox. 
which is great news. Uh, Fox has some pretty good announcers, and I can watch the game a lot easier on Fox. So, um, really looking forward to it, and hopefully I will be able to watch the game, hopefully all the game this time. Um, we'll see uh, what happens, and uh, really excited for it, and you know what? I'm not going to uh, be too disappointed if they lose, because um, they've done so good already, and uh, didn't people didn't even expect them to get the playoffs. I was going to be happy if they lost this game. They're still going, and if they win this game, It'll be great. Um, I'm here for it, but um, we'll see what happens. And uh, I'm just happy to be here, and I'm just gonna just gonna enjoy it uh, while it lasts. Um, so uh, shout out to C.J. Stroud and the Texans. Uh, almost identical stats uh, for Stroud and Love. Stroud had two more yards, other than that, everything was the same. Um, wow, C.J. Stroud lighting it up over there. I mean. Imagine a Packers-Texans Super Bowl. Jordan Love versus C.J. Stroud. That would be fantastic. So much fun to watch. Obviously, um, not likely to happen, but I mean, keep an eye on these teams. They're big time, and yeah, keep an eye on them Texans. Uh, they're over there making things happen there in the AFC. Uh, beating the Browns uh, to start off their playoffs. Um, the two youngest teams in the NFL, I believe. So that's pretty impressive. I can't wait to see what happens there as well. So that'll about do do it for me today. Um, be sure to tell your friends about the show. Rate the show. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow uh, wherever you get your podcast. Um, again, video podcast is up on Spotify. Um, so uh, you can always... Watch that. Uh, let me know in the comments um, on YouTube or Q&As on Spotify. Um, if there's anything I need to change, give me feedback in that regard. Send in any questions, voice messages, uh, or answer the Q&As. Uh, we got the polls as well on Spotify. Um, comment um, on the episode on YouTube with a question, anything, and I will try to answer it um, before the game. Uh, however, I've however I decide to do that. So um, really excited for this one, and uh, stay tuned for Saturday night football in San Francisco. Go Pack Go!